0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city, home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range.
0: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Talking Halos, this is Derek C. Paul with John Crane, here to cover everything in our weekend podcast, everything angels that is. John, what's up buddy? Mother's Day in SoCal, happy Mother's Day
2: to all the mothers, and and hello to you Derek.
1: Yeah, happy Mother's Day to moms everywhere, especially my wife, who is probably upstairs rolling her eyes at me podcasting tonight. Yeah, my wife's
2: right. downstairs rolling, rolling her eyes that I'm podcasting tonight. So,
1: <laughs> At least it's late, right? It's right?
2: It, well, it's, it's later for you. It's not so bad for me. I still got daylight. <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, just to late out there. The Angels take two of three from Baltimore. They lose today, five to one. After taking games eight to three and seven to two in games one and two, so we have some things to talk about. Some concerns I have and. Maybe something's gonna hold off to until the midweek show. We also have today the Brandon Brandon Warm from the Midwest Swing Podcast. He's gonna swing by to give us the lowdown the Twins and nice little conversation with him as well. And so, hey, we're here for you. Matter of fact, we're so here. We're gonna ask you to go to iTunes and subscribe. We would enjoy a, th- a five star review if that's possible. If you could leave one for us, help us move up the charts. If you want us to earn it, great. Email to at Halos. At gmail.com and give us your feedback. We could really appreciate it. If you're a new listener and are enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Please text a fellow Angels fan and let them know about our podcast. It would mean the world to us. Seriously, just one person that you know would like you know like this show. I can tell you flat, there are not a lot of Angels podcasts out there. It's just more coverage the team. It's by two guys who love this team. One is more of a fanboy, and there's more the professional. I'll let you decide who the fanboy is, uh- though. What? What you say? What? Uh, what?
2: what? <laughs> <laughs> the fat monkey coming up? Speaks... Rally monkey next Friday? Uh, Wookie rally monkey? You going? <laughs> oh, of course, Wookie rally monkey. Are
1: you? Are you kidding me? Am I going? So you're gonna get me? Of a Wookiee course, rally I'm Wookiee? going. You gonna pick one up for me?
2: Yeah, you know, and I'll see what I can do. I gotta see what I gotta see where I'm dragging it. Would see a, be a shame if I didn't get, get secure one for you? So I'll see what I can do. I'll see I'm what I can what do. You're
1: a Star Wars fan, I'll get yeah, the I, Nike, rally Monkey. How, how you
2: like that trout? I hope it's on a, it's, it a, is. a stand I, I mean, in the middle of your of your dining room, or in the middle of your living room, or in your
1: entryway. Or <laughs> Mikey boy greets me now every day as I leave my bedroom to go to work, and he's the first thing I see when I walk in. So that's where Mikey <laughs> boy's sitting.
2: All right, um, all right. <laughs> but you know, actually,
1: know who would really like the the rally monkey? My little three year old daughter. That's who would love the rally monkey.
2: Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a so, so, rally so, monkey. So yeah, yeah they, the this is a Star Wars line. They do they do a great job at the game too. They intertwine the rally monkey into uh, Star Wars movies. Uh, it's a uh, it's real. I, I, I'm a I I like the rally monkey when he comes out. Uh, usually means things are going in our way or we're trying to get back into it, but. Uh, Anyway, Star Wars night's a big night at the Big A.
1: Cannot wait to hear your reports of that game. All right, so looking back here, the Angels, they go out there on Friday night, earn themselves an 8 3 victory, a little bit of rain, a little more rain yesterday, I believe, at a 7 2 victory. Mm-hmm. And then today, a huge rain delay. It's like Baltimore got hit by rain, rain, and more rain. In this case, a loss 5 1. Um there isn't too much to say about this. Thank you. I had the Angels taking two out of three. You were hopeful of a sweep. It looked pretty good on paper that could happen, but it's hard to sweep a team on the road. And
2: I was I think they bought back for for taunting you on Twitter, I think maybe maybe the gods were
1: angered. (laughs) The baseball gods said no John. (laughs) You may not get your sweep. <laughs> but I, really I was crazy. pretty confident with with, with a uh, monkey. Yeah, what?
2: I was I was pretty confident with Canning pitching today that I thought we were gonna secure the, the sweep.
1: Well, I but. wasn't as confident because means is the race. Honestly. And canning's been pitching all right, but you know, it's it, the, the 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 dynamic change. I, I think we're gonna focus more on today's game than anything else a loss. You kind of tend to focus on loss a little bit. Angels dropped to 19-21. The, the thing about canning, you're a rookie, you have your former routine, and then the rain delay completely demolishes that routine. And so it's a little understandable if to hear him go out there and have some issues. You get what I'm saying? It shouldn't surprise anyone, really, that he's going to maybe not have his fastball completely where he wants it to be or his slider wasn't right. He was he had balls up in the zone today. He didn't feel like him you could tell he didn't feel like himself. He didn't look like himself. At mm-hmm. least from my point of view.
2: He's he's a young kid and he's I mean this is I mean he's just getting started here. I, I don't have you know I'm not disappointed by the loss. He does have a, a stat I was reading earlier today and I, I didn't caught that. He has nineteen strikeouts through
1: his first three starts uh, that ties a record that Shohei Otani has. Well, I, I'm not disappointed in him at all. I think yeah. he'll settle down. I'm, you know, we've talked a little bit about his form concerns, and those are things you just kind of have to let go for now. In terms of his youth, I, I understand that. I'd like to see him go deeper in games. But let's, let's be honest, the guy fought it hard today. His stuff was not there where he wanted to be, and he gutted out as far as he could. And he deserves mm-hmm. some props for that. You need to have that stuff from your starting pitchers. When you don't have the world's best stuff, you don't just pack it and go home. You gut it out. And Griffin, he did gut it out. It wasn't a perfect day, not by a long shot. Real quick, checking the box score for him. It was, well, it was a little rough. He got in himself with, um, well, four and two-thirds of innings pitched, five hits, four earned runs, four walks, six strikeouts, Three of those things, home runs. Your boy Noe shows up, gives up one more run later on. Cody Allen fights his way through inning. And Luis Gonzalez, sorry, Luis Garcia. When I say Gonzalez fights his way through innings. So basically, the Orioles were hitting everybody today. Really, they really were. Meanwhile, across from him, John Means goes five and three. He's out five and three now. Six innings pitched, four hits, four strikeouts, one earned run. The guy has been good all year. His ERA is two thirty three, so yeah, tough matchup there for him as it Was
2: well, we, we didn't have you know I did I've been trying to put my finger on a, an articulate way of like identifying what our problem is with our bullpen. How I mean our our, our, our pitching staff, and I did run across a stat today about the um, the Orioles. Four of their five pitchers uh, have qualified have over have over an inning per game they played. We have one. We have one pitcher that has more than one averages more than one inning per game played by the team. Um, I mean, so we're not we don't have any we don't have anybody that's showing any length or any, you know giving our bullpen, which is already you know is questionable enough. They're coming in every game. how I, I, you can't sustain a season this way.
1: You can't. You these starters need absolutely need to go longer in games. They need to be. And this is where you have to look at other starters, the ones who are more experienced, like a, like a Skags or hey, Matt Harvey again did not make it through 5 innings this this weekend. That's a struggle. That's a big struggle to me. Is how on earth is this is, they can keep doing this. Matt Harvey to me is is the person I really want to talk with you about In terms of what the Angels should do with him. They're paying him $10 million a year to be a starting pitcher. And they're not, you know, they're not really paying him to be the Matt Harvey he was before. Matt Harvey was once one of the best pitchers in the game. Now, you don't really expect that. You do expect him, though, to give you quality starts. Just to give you an idea of, of Matt Harvey. At one point here. His stuff was so dominant. We're talking 2013-2015. Now, 2013, he goes 9-5. and five. He has a 2.27 ERA. 2015, now he misses the year. So he gets hurt, okay? 2.71 ERA, 13.8. And then from that point forward, he's never been the same. Just never been the same. Last year, in combination with Cincinnati and the Mets went 7 9, a 4 ERA. The year before, at the Mets a 6 7 ERA. And the year before that, a four eight six 6 ERA. But there was a stretch, age 23, 24, and 26, it was 2012, 2013, 2015, where he was among the best in the league. Then he got hurt. And really, honestly, he's just never been right. And we have to wonder is he really done? At this point, you can look back at last year with Cincinnati seven and seven. There a four five ERA. That's actually not too shabby because if you are in Cincinnati is a major hitters ballpark, then you know what that deserves consideration. Maybe he's on the right path. Angels give him a shot. You really kind of need somebody like him to step in and be not necessarily an ace, but someone you can depend on. And he's disappointed in me. What are your thoughts on Matt Harvey at this point?
2: Well, I mean, he's the only one by 0.1 inning who actually has over an inning per game. The only one who qualifies, I guess, at this point for an ERA title. Or, uh, and but that's the good news. The bad news is his ERA is 6.69. I <laughs> no, I, if you're asking me, I don't know. What do I think? I think he's just another one of our pitchers that I hold my breath and chew my nails and and pray can uh, give us five or, you know five five or six
1: innings uh, six innings hopefully but i mean he's a 6.69 era but he's also shown a couple flashes and that's what concerns me like you 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 did show a couple times out you can be dominant and then you go back to being well let's just be honest garbage out there not him his pitching and I, I what can the Angels expect from him at this point? Because you need to find room on this roster potentially for young guys to come up. If these guys can't do the job, then you're going to start bringing young guys up. Why not?
2: I would much more enjoy watching more Griffin Cannings, young, you know, exciting young players than to bring out the. I mean, you know, I, I was looking at our pitchers um our starting you know, our your starters and just some of our pitchers on our thing i mean we we don't have rookies we don't have young guys and i mean tyler skaggs 27 he's got a, a lifetime a 24 34 is his lifetime record Andrew Heaney's 27 he's, he's 16 and 20 for a career i camber joshan my He's, he's, he's got a record of 1511, but he's he's not a starter, so you get a, a record of 1511. that means you somewhere along the way you gave up a run or you took over a game that we're losing. but I mean we don't have a young pitching staff and we have no and the consistent you, you were saying about him being inconsistent he fits right along with everybody
1: else on the staff that I can well, see You could say he's being consistent then.
2: Yeah, he's consistently inconsistent. Is that what you're? <laughs> yeah, he's he's consistent with the rest of our staff. But um, I mean, lo- looking at all of them, the the, the, sh- the brightest uh, again. This is why I got all excited about him. But um, I know it's early. Is Cody Allen? Cody Allen's got 153 career saves. That's, I mean, it's not even close. This the, the next person on our team. Um, he's got and he's got as many many wins as any of our starters. Well, except probably Matt
1: Harvey, not Matt Harvey, but anyways. Well, yeah, pitch. Matt Harvey has been I mean, he's 41. Uh, sorry, 42 and 47 in his career. Yeah. Mostly, you know, dealing with injuries here and there and but his last two seasons he's gotten 32 starts last year, uh 19 the year before. It looks like he's on the healthy path now. In other words, we haven't heard any health issues about him this year. It's just about for him. I'm seeing can you be consistent with your pitches, and that's not what I'm seeing from him. He's not. And I want. I also want to put a little bit on Osmonds now. Osmonds has taken him out twice now in two games where he wanted to fly on a little longer, and so I, that's one thing I'm starting to notice now. Austin is it's much more aggressive with the bullpen and where he goes with it. And I know before you were kind of complaining about sosha being quick with the hook. I'm not so sure if Austin is quick with the hook as much as he's quick to make a decision to not have to deal with the ramifications of falling behind 7 8 nothing when a player doesn't have the stuff
2: i don't i don't know that i i don't know that i don't know the difference between that uh i just i mean i know that they're, they give them reasons to pull but again that we have one starter that has over 40 innings and he only has 40.1 tells me it looks very similar to last year and sosha and uh, i just don't have uh um you know a lot of uh I, I respect and, 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 and am behind Brad Osmus, but right now we got rid of Mike Sosha, and I still want to see why we got rid of Mike Sosha.
1: Well, you got rid of Mike Sosha because it was time to get Billy Upler's own guy in there.
2: Yeah, I, I, that's, I know. That's that's what I was told by
1: by Tim Mead, actually. And I understand that, but okay. Yeah, it just, it was that's your own man. It? Pardon? I mean, that's common sense, though, right? Just looking at the situation from from a, a point of view in is that's what it really is. Of course, but as from the
2: fan perspective, we look at it. Well, I mean, and there's a lot of fans who are happy to see Socha go. So I will I will say that. But the fan perspective, we make changes. We expect to see some changes. I mean, even today, like I, I, now, I'm going to jump through back to Otani because I wanted to mention this. You know, he didn't play today, Derek you're the you're the uh, rational one explain to me why a Dh needs to take a day off
1: uh you got me there no <laughs> and, I mean, and, and and don't say it because
2: it's a left-hander this whole team is hitting horribly against left-handing so why are
1: you gonna single out the guy who only who only goes up there to take hacks well I'm going to say I disagree with that I really disagree with what not playing the guy needs every at bat he can get and the if he, the only time you really take a player out is if he's so mired in a slump, he can't come out of it. Well, he got a hit there a day in there. He's he's, he's going to be fine. Get him as a bats. He needs to see major league pitching. That's what he needs. So the, I do disagree with it. But I can also go back, and and, and since we're talking about managers here, listen, I remember visiting Angel Same in 2004, and 2005. It's just a couple of years after winning the World Series, and some fans are calling for socials head. So for whatever reason, people just there there are some people who never liked Socha, and were never happy with what he did. Reality is, is for the longest time he's one of the best managers in the league. However, everybody's time comes. Eventually, you will lose your your you'll lose your clubhouse. Is what you'll do. You'll lose what you had there because your your people need something fresh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So it was. It's been time for Mike to move on. They shouldn't have done this a long time ago.
2: I I understand, and and I understood, and and I'm just. My point is, is that I was hoping to see some. Like I said, some changes. Some again. I would love to see him just start bringing up some. I mean, what you know, you're you're smarter on this than me. Again, I go back to you know to Skaggs Heaney. These guys are all approaching thirty and really haven't. You know. you know burn down the walls or anything I, I can't think of a good term you know but I mean when when do they become you know dependable starters that we you know a staff that we can call our staff I haven't seen them prove themselves in my opinion am i wrong
1: this this backs up to what you and I talked about before you're trying to see what scads can offer you this this is what he' can offer you I look at it more along the lines of those guys are still young enough at 27 to maybe make an impact on the lot if you can get them healthy. You look at someone like a Matt Harvey, you hope you can get something out of him to keep him around for a couple years. If not, you're going to go looking for some pitching in the offseason. If the Angels somehow man stay in contention all the way into July, they may make a move for a pitcher then. I, it's something I saw on Twitter today was, again, Cutchell coming up. Will the Angels, if they can stay in contention, go after Cutchell? My thought would be no, because he's, a, he's demanding way too much money, and you're going to go with draft compensation for that. No, mm-hmm. but maybe you can make a trade. Mass and Bomb Garner keeps coming up. Okay, Garner. But, and, and, but
2: who do we have as trade? Like, are any of these legitimate? There's any, is anybody looking at our pitching staff and say there's anybody in there? Because I seem to remember a couple of years ago, Skaggs and Heaney were untouchable. We weren't, we weren't well, going to trade
1: them. But are they untouchable now? But you're not going to trade them. That's not who you're looking to trade right now. You're looking, you, you teams are going to want at the deadline. They're going to want prospects. And quite frankly, I would rather see this team get shelled on its pitching staff this year than give up any prospects. Absolutely, especially anybody who is on a one year left of their contract kind of thing, and they're going they could be leaving at the end of the year anyways. Why would you do that? Listen, stay the course go through the season, if the pitching doesn't hold on, at least it'll be fun to watch Hit Because that's where we need to go next. This team is fun to watch. They are fun to watch the play. They're going to have their off these like today, but they're still fun to watch. You just don't go out there and trade away what's coming though that's going to help build that pitching staff for the future. You don't do that. And no,
2: I'm not, ta- I'm, I'm not talking
1: about trading. No, I know you're not. That's, that's what got in us overall. into
2: this mess. That's what got us into this mess, but I, I just look at I just look at our our pitching staff and I just I mean I know our offense can be anemic sometimes but we got we got some players in there I mean Tommy the Stella I you know I, I barely heard of that guy before we signed him this year and he's starting to,
1: to digging his trenches in there to, uh, be in the lineup for a while um, well they're not course, gonna, they're never going to hit for average but the one thing they will do is they'll they'll hit for power they'll string some stuff together they're fun to watch they don't strike out a lot so, so they're going to put the ball in play. I, I like where this team is going, especially if Upton comes back and is in reasonable in a reasonable place mentally. Okay, I don't yes. like the pitching staff. So what? What this is to me the worst that it can happen. If the lineup comes together, we're going to have a lot of high scoring games. We'll have some fun games. And at least we can enjoy the fun games. Okay, if you yeah. keep the right perspective, and the, and we need to praise. I this is going to be weird. We need to praise the front office for at least putting together a lineup that's fun to watch. If we're gonna if we're gonna come down on the pitching staff being crap, then we should at least be willing to say, you know what, offensively they don't strike out a lot, they make contact, they go for it, they're aggressive, they don't necessarily go for the small ball as much as Mike Socio did, but they're still trying to get things done. I can get on board with that. If the pitching staff can just be reasonable, they can they can compete for a wild card spot.
2: Well, as, as a Clipper fan who watched many years a team that was fun to watch but really had no prospects of advancing, I'm all behind a team that's just fun to watch because it is entertainment for me. Um, I mean, it's entertainment for fans. So I do appreciate a team that's fun to watch. And I agree, offensively, this team is fun to watch.
1: Well, they are. And I think if people can get past the whole idea that they have to win this year, they don't have to win this year. What you want to do is use this season as a springboard for the good years coming because there is talent on this roster, especially offensively. And really, they're not even done yet. They're not done getting some, you know, Joe Adele's not up yet, by the way. Yeah. So you have you have prospects moving through the system. You have a draft coming up where hopefully you'll add some more talent if it's done right. And I do like how, I do like Epler's thinking thus far and how they're getting players. How do you think they've gone from being worse in the league to somewhere half in the top half of the league in terms of farm systems in just a couple years? I like what they're doing. Keep giving them that time and don't pressure the front office into making trades, giving away those prospects, and trying to win now when you're not going to win now. Listen, we're, we're going... They're going to play Minnesota here this week. Minnesota is a better team, a much better team. Yes. Okay. The Yankees right now are in a much better place to win. The Red Sox are a much better place to win. Even the Indians, despite the fact they didn't sign anybody back, let Michael Brantley go, they are in a better place to win long term. Not long. Not long term. Short term. Okay. You just we got to play the long game here. You got to play the long game and think about two years down the road, three years down the road. When Albert's gone. Oh, I, I did that awkward pause. I'm waiting for you. That's where you go when Albert's gone. <laughs> Albert Sorry, had a nice I, day there. I couldn't resist. Hey, the two home runs yesterday. I mean, that was nice. I, You know, I know you, you come at me about Albert quite a bit, but honestly, it's not really him at all. It's really not Albert. It's just the overall of Albert. Albert's contract is, does not – provide the value of what he offers now but he could still be an anchor in that lineup to keep the ball rolling
2: I, I i am totally kidding you every time i do that i totally understand the anchor i understand the problem that albert Pulholz creates for the angels with his it was he got a 217 batting average right now He's um around there, but yeah but but I I just don't see him retiring, which is and I I see him staying till the end. And I see the you know I've mentioned to you before. I see the relationship he appears to have with Mike Trout on uh, at games. He's always standing around Mike Trout. Um, so I just I guess I just look at it from the bright side of what of a something that we're that's not going to go away. We're just going to have to deal with it. And when it does go away, then we're going to. That could be the year that we, you know, I don't know. Again, this competing this year is silly. I don't know who's saying that we're that we should try to compete this year because it's not going to happen.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. But you know, you can provide leadership. So, oh, uh, by the way, just a side note here: Chris Stratton in his first Pirates game got the W today. Go figure. <laughs> Someone tweeted that to us. Yeah, no, I also saw. Not. I I also saw the, that a certain person that Jags Crane John sent us a picture on tweet on Twitter showing a a, a guy, a weird looking guy with a circle around his face, <laughs> talking about the Oh, that was you, John. Oh, oh, okay. I made the TV. I made, I made the TV. <laughs> You're such a fanboy. Okay, folks, it's almost time for us to get. Brandon on. Before we do, we want to ask you if you want if you would like to sponsor a show, reach out to us at talking at gmail.com and you know it can help us keep the lights on and maybe you can keep, you know, help keep John here financially compensated so he doesn't want up breaking the law. Okay, get himself a rest or some sort of thing like that. So you can also leave us a voicemail by the way at six five seven six 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 five four five three. Always open to your calls, your suggestions, and so on and so forth. Okay. For this week, the the AL Central Leading Minnesota Twins. That's where we're going. Here's our preview with the, the Midwest Swing host, Brandon Warren, on the series. Check it out. All right, folks. I'm here with Brandon Warren from the Midwest Swing podcast. Brandon, how are you?
0: Hey, doing good. Nice to catch up with you, and chat a little baseball here.
1: Well, I mean, who wouldn't want to chat about the Twins? Guys are 25-14, first place. That's some good stuff.
0: Yeah, they're really cruising. This last series against Detroit was a split, so I guess the last couple games notwithstanding. But by and large, it's been a really great season, and it's been interesting to see how they've handled this early season with some iffy weather and no, a lot of new players, kind of trying to feel each other out. But it's been a pretty fun start to the year for sure.
1: So, Brandon, the reason why we want to get you on the show was really we're trying to just kind of get our fans up to date with the teams we're facing off with, and you know, heading into this season, there was some buzz about the Twins entering the season. But I don't think anybody really believed they would be twenty-five and thirteen entering play today. Now twenty-five and fourteen. So, what's gone right for this team this year?
0: Well offensively they've really hit the ball all over the place i think last i checked they were first or second in baseball and slugging percentage on base percentage is lagging a little behind but they've got a lot of guys who just kind of swing and miss and when they don't miss they crush the baseball and so the big thing for them has been scoring runs via home run they've also done a nice job pitching but it's been the offense that's really really carried them they've got all but one of their starters with an OPS plus over 100. And the other one is Marwin Gonzalez, who's heated up of late. And yeah, I mean, Jake Odorizzi looks like a completely different pitcher. Kyle Gibson has kind of carried on his success from last year into this year. And Jose Barrios looks like he's taking that step forward as an ace. It's just, it's been a one through five, a pretty solid group with the exception of Michael Pineda, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery and a subsequent knee issue with his, uh, his meniscus. But the bullpen 2 has done a fairly good job. The numbers are you know, kind of iffy, but for the most part they've uh, in their, their high leverage spots, they've been pretty good. So, it's a team that doesn't really stand out unless you're looking at home runs, but you know the the pundits all thought that Cleveland was going to be the the team to beat in the central this year and right now it looks like the Twins have kind of elbowed them out of the way here and they're really going.
1: Well, Cleveland made a couple mistakes letting people go too. Michael Brantley being one of them at end. So I think the door was there for the Twins, and they've won between 78 and 85 games in three of the last four years. They had that one season, which I think nobody wants to remember. But Mm -hmm. what has helped this team take that next step and be what looks to be a very, very good team overall?
0: Yeah, a big part of it was going out and making a couple additions. Nelson Cruz, obviously a big addition, not only on the field, but in the clubhouse. Marwin Gonzalez kind of falling into their lap with Miguel Sano hurt helps uh, helps us a whole lot. Now it sounds like Sano is going to be back in the next maybe two to three days after he does a little bit of rehab with Rochester, but that's going to make that offense even that much deeper. But I think it is too also brilliant that they're not going to let Sano just take the job at 30. He's going to have to keep it. He's going to have to fight off guys who are going to be charging hard and fast for that position. And I think what we've seen in that vein is guys like Byron Buxton Max Kepler and all these guys needing to take steps forward, and for the most part, they have. Buxton, especially, has been very good defensively, and he's stayed healthy. He's started to drive the ball. He's leading the AL in doubles, which is also a big thing for him. And then, two offensively, uh, going out and getting Jonathan Scope was big. He's been hitting the ball all around the ballpark and and playing just terrific defense at second base. And CJ Krohn has been hitting screamers all over the ballpark, too. So it, it they, they've kind of paired... The coming of age of a bunch of their young players mitch garver's another one i should mention there with some really shrewd additions in the off season and it's just all come together really nicely all at the same time which you know sometimes your your timing can be something that you uh, just kind of have happen i think part of it too has been realizing that these kids weren't going to struggle forever but you also have to supplement them from the outside which has has really happened
1: So there's one name I haven't heard you mention yet, and that's manager Rocco Baldelli. What impact Mm -hmm. has he made on this team?
0: Yeah, I think it's significant because from a preparation standpoint, he lets these guys prepare in ways that they're comfortable with. If you want to take pregame BP as flips, if you want to take pregame BP off a pitching machine, they were doing all kinds of different things in spring training. They were doing situational drills with – a pitching machine shooting fly balls and line drives and ground balls and he just put them in positions to succeed keeps the environment pretty loose and i think the big thing is he's a player who went through some struggles physically you know this is a guy who had to retire early due to mitochondrial disease mm-hmm. and at the same time too he had some success and he had kind of experienced the struggles of a young player early in his career who had that great first season and then you get the sophomore slump so he understands a lot of the different things players go through on a daily basis. And then you mix in the fact that he's scouted. He's done front office type stuff like that. He's been a first base coach. He's done a little bit of everything there. His credentials at this point kind of say, I've done everything to do in this game. Why shouldn't you listen to me? And he does that from a position of friendship and leadership and kinship and all, all, all those ships, you know. Uh, he, just, he, he comes from such a down-to-earth point of view that I think it makes it easy to buy into whatever he's selling on any given day. And I think the players have really rallied around that. And it's it's been just a really harmonious sort of thing so far. And it's not that they didn't like Paul Molitor. It's just that it was time for a change. And so far, you can't help but rave about what Rocco's doing.
1: And the team right now it's currently second in the league in hitting, third in home runs. You mentioned slugging, percent, uh, slugging percentage, and you mentioned a lot of young talent in there. Do the Twins have the manpower? Maybe it's just a case of maturity. Are these guys ready, basically, to keep this up all year?
0: I think so. I, I really do, and it's because I see these guys play every day. I don't think of them as a team that is just hot or as a team that is you know, beating their Pythagorean win-loss record or getting lucky. I see a team that's crushing the baseball left and right. I think they lead the American league in barrels. They were the first team to hundred barrels, which is basically hitting a ball at like 95 miles per hour plus in a certain launch angle. So they're crushing the baseball, which, you know, you, you think is probably a fairly sustainable thing, or at least a good sign. And they're deep. I mean, if Nelson Cruz goes on the DL, he's going to have an MRI tomorrow. If he goes on the DL, they've got Miguel Sano waiting in the wings to come up and DH in the meantime, They've got a strong bench. They've got three catchers in the top 30 in Fangraph's war, including the uh, MLB leader in Mitch Garver, who's just been wonderful back there, and he's come a long way behind the plate as well. They're just deep, and their bench, when Marwin gets to the bench, you're going to have Marwin and williams Estadio, who can both play all over. Jake Cave, if he sticks around, can play all over in the outfield and gives you a little bit of something defensively. They just have a wonderfully crafted and created roster and they picked a great time to do it. It's something I'm going to write about here in the near future. But as the rest of the league was sitting on their hands, the Twins said, listen, we're going to identify the guys we want at the price we want, and if they fall into our laps, great. And enough of those guys fell into their laps in spots where they had openings. So in a in an ordinary year, Jonathan Scope's option maybe gets exercised by the Milwaukee Brewers, or they take him to arbitration. In an ordinary year, maybe Martin Perez's option gets picked up by the Rangers. And those have been two of their... Better players. And so weird things happen, and the Twins have taken advantage of the marketplace. And I think that Derek Valvey and Thad Levine have to get a lot of credit for that.
1: So, looking at your pitching staff as well, fourth in the American League with a 371 ERA entering today. Are you pleased with the staff's progress overall, and what is the staff's weakness?
0: The big thing that they've done well is strikeouts, and that's something that they didn't do well in the past. They're still only 11th in the AL in strikeouts coming into today. But still, striking out almost a batter per inning is just so far from what, where they have been to this point. Now, could they be better? Yeah, there's no question about it. Michael Pineda has really struggled in his first season back, and Kyle Gibson started off slow. He did have E. coli late in the off season, and so he's still kind of battling back from that. But he's looked really, really good of late. Where, where they struggle, I would say, is you know maybe the front end of the bullpen. Trevor Hildenberger has been hit hard of late gave up a home run in the, the doubleheader loss in the, the first game on on Saturday. And, um, you know, they've had some guys that have come into some spots. They had Alberto Mejia really struggle. They had um, Andrew Vasquez came in and was just disastrous in New York. Chase DeYoung was as well. But other than that, you know, they've done a fairly good job. So they've managed to keep their disasters to small, confined spaces, which easy for me to say, but... Um, you know, when you can do that, it, it makes your successes that much more obvious. And they've they've been able to to bounce back from games where they lose like a, a 10 to one game. They come back and win the next day and they look like a team who can flush whatever happens and then whatever made them sink the day before, they can get past it. I think that's the veteran leadership, too. So every shortcoming they have is something that I think is fairly easily um navigated by a good manager good teammates good players and i think they have all those pieces in place right now which is it's certainly an exciting thing for twins fans who haven't seen much exciting twins baseball since target field opened in 2010
1: it's been a while i can't believe it's been that long since that ballpark opened. it feels like it was yesterday this
0: is this is year number 10
1: i can't believe that i need to get out there and see a game um yes you do yeah i do i do and it's my mission in life is to see all 30 the the series itself, the pitching matchups appear to be Skaggs versus Barrios in Game 1. Game 2, mm-hmm. will have an opener, probably Pena for us versus Kyle Gibson. And then Game 3, Trevor Cahill versus, how did you say his name? Odorizzi? Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi, okay. I apologize for that. Like, I that no, name. it's all good. Man, he's, Odorizzi. Uh,
0: he's been really good. He's a guy who you look at his repertoire and you don't really understand because he's 91 to 93 with the fastball and he works up in the zone. So he does kind of all the things that you would expect a pitcher not to do, which is works up in the zone and he doesn't throw gas. But he works off that with a split that he can tunnel really well down in the zone. And then the slider has been really good for him lately. And he's just kind of a guy who brings the whole tackle box out to the the bound with him. He's got the fastball that he'll cut, that he'll, he'll sink. He's got a, a split that he'll throw as a changeup or as just a diving pitch that you'll uh, beat into the ground. But at the same time, too, he gets so many fly balls because he pitches up in the zone with a fastball, and he's a big spin rate guy. And so that fastball velocity plays up, and his 91 to 92 can look like, I'm sure, 94 or 95, and it has natural, almost what appears to be rising action, too. So it might look like it's in the zone, and then when it gets to the plate, it's a good two, three, four inches up above the strike zone. And I can't tell you how many, let's see. He's got forty-three strikeouts this year. I wouldn't be shocked if twenty of them came on fastballs up in the zone, if not more. That's the kind of guy he is.
1: So overall, uh, I'm I'm looking at pitching matchups, knowing my guys. Uh, Skaggs, he's been up and down. Pena was solid last week out, but he just is not where we were expecting who, him to be yet.
0: Who who works as a primary if he, if Pena goes?
1: You mean the opener?
0: Well, who opens if Pena is the primary, the guy that pitches? Oh, like, be, who, like who pitches the first inning and then who pitches second through? Like the
1: they pit? they <laughs> like they like Luke Bard or Cam ah, Bedrosian, former
0: twi- former Twins prospect Luke Bard. Yeah, I've, I've heard of him.
1: Okay, yeah, and he, and he pitched today actually. Um, sure, and and then Pena who came in the second inning, or the but Cam Bedrosian is also the guy, and he's been solid. Bar was not so solid last time out. We'll see. But the game three, I mean, looks like a wash in terms of the way you guys are hitting the ball right now. Trevor Cahill's out there, two and three, 635 ERA. He has been getting home run balls like crazy.
0: I mean, That's a tough matchup then for, for the Angels because they've, uh, they really victimized the Baltimore Orioles a couple weekends in a row, both at Camden Yards and in Minnesota. But if, if people think that that's the only team they've beaten, they've, uh, They've won the season series from Houston. That season series is already over. They won four to three. Um, They beat a Blue Jays team that had taken two of three from them at home, or no, it was was three of four and they swept them and outscored them like 20 to one in the series. So when they're rolling, they are just absolutely phenomenal to watch because the pitching is good. The defense is good and the offense hits the ball out of the ballpark. And, it's been a very entertaining team that has played in front of some meager crowds in the early going, but they, they lowered the ticket prices to $5 for some of them, and they've had about 30000 out the last couple nights, which is obviously good to see. Well, what's keeping fans from coming out? Weather, mostly. It's cold. and I mean, part of it, too, is that fans are—, are it takes about a year and a half for fans to really catch on to what a team's doing, or at least a year— but at the same time, they feel burnt because the Twins have been good and then bad and then good and then bad the last four seasons. And, you know, bad enough to get the number one overall pick, who oddly enough is Royce Lewis, who's a couple steps away from the big leagues. But uh, the same year that your guys took Jordan Adele – or Joe Adele, rather. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 enough for fans to feel like they've been burnt by expecting a team to be good and they've been bad, and then they don't really want to trust again. And then you figure – 10 years of only one playoff team, or now two playoff teams, I guess, in the target field era. And this is a Viking city. It's a wild city. And the Twins are kind of a third dog right now. They, they could be as high as second. I don't think they'll ever overtake the Vikings just because of how the NFL works in most cities that it has teams in. But they could easily you know, be up in that mix and continue to, to grow if they keep playing like
1: this. It's a little crazy to me to think the Wild has passed. I know how hockey's popular there, but the Wild's only been around for about 20 years almost, right?
0: Yeah. So. I people are still the North Stars. You know, hockey is in the blood. It's the state of hockey mm-hmm. and so it'll never leave. I mean, I should say, I say that kind of tongue in cheek because the North Stars left and went to Dallas, which um, they said it would take an idiot to lose money on hockey in Minnesota, and we had just that idiot. So uh, <laughs> uh, it, it happened, you know. But no, the people are hockey crazy here. I grew up in a hockey town as well, so it's it's crazy. But I think the Twins are on the track to you know make a dent. The the, the Wild were thoroughly disappointing this year, and boy, I tell you, this Twins team is entertaining. It's it's not good and boring. It's good, and it's that bullpen guys who throw the baseball hard. They strike people out, and mm-hmm starters who go deeper into games and it's just it's competitive baseball even even when they didn't beat detroit they had you know tying run on and the eighth inning and that sort of thing so you know they haven't lost that many blowout games that they've had to come back from and last i saw they were something like 10 and 2 after losses too so they've done a good job of coming back from losses i don't think they've had a losing streak longer than two games this year so it's just a team that hasn't dug many holes and this has been outright entertaining from both the media and fan perspective.
1: Well I'm looking forward to watching some games here then. Uh, I do want to note this. The Angels don't strike out a lot. So that'll be a mm-hmm. interesting matchup to see because they they will put they'll put the play put the ball in play. They their bullpen is eh. The starting pitching is absolutely horrid. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, really interested in seeing how this plays out. In terms of matching of strengths versus weaknesses, weaknesses versus strengths, how are you calling this series to be?
0: I mean, I think it's going to be two or three for the Twins, but I have a lot of respect for Skaggs, at least his pedigree. I mean, I know he was, uh, he, you know, he's battled some stuff. He and Andrew Heaney have been, you know, I feel like it's elbows for Angels pitchers. There's just nonstop elbow issues, and it, you can't help but feel for him. I am, though, excited to see Shohei Otani up close. I've seen Mike Trout play a couple times, obviously. That never gets old, but I'm glad to see Shohei Otani's back, and I'm excited to see him. And actually, your MLB.com guy is a very close friend of mine from the days he spent in Minneapolis, so uh, I'm excited to see him as well. But it's going to be a fun series. It's too bad these teams don't play more often, too, because I like those West Coast teams when they go out to Anaheim when they play at 9 o'clock our time. Yeah, but the, but the ones at home are fun, too. So, yeah, I just I wish the Twins and Angels played more often because it always seems to be fun when they match up and you get to see some players, that you know, including the best player in the game. You know, that's no big yeah. deal or
1: anything. I, mean, I can go back to the 2002 <laughs> American League Championship Series. I don't Cup want to. Well, it's the only one we got, man. Really, the World Series we got. Adam
0: freaking Kennedy, man. Yeah,
1: but I could also go uh. back deeper, you know, going back to the old AL West, back when it was only two divisions and... He's, right. It was, pre-94. Yep, and back when you guys were hitting home runs off the baggie. So, oh, yeah. Know, I, it's, I
0: grew up w- in, with the Metrodome days, and my first year was 93. So I watched uh, per- some pretty bad Twins teams. I cut my teeth on some really ugly baseball.
1: But you had some good stuff in the in the 2000s, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question about it. Although, again, Adam Kennedy is, I wouldn't say public enemy number one, but he's, he's not a, a friendly foe for a lot of Twins fans.
1: Well, again hey i want to thank you so much for taking the time out with us today just to help us preview the game can you let people know where they can find you in your work
0: well the best place is zonecoverage.com it's a twin city site that we started about three years ago it's kind of a similar vein of the athletic we have a soft paywall so you can read a few of our articles before you have to sign up for anything which is kind of cool find me on twitter at brandon underscore w-a-r-n-e and like you said at the beginning of the show, I have a podcast called Midwest Swing, which is on the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. That we record most Wednesdays, which is is a lot of fun. This week, actually, it's it's exciting. Jim Morris, the rookie, if people remember the Disney movie, mm-hmm. is going to be on. So we've had some fun guys. Uh, Slade Heathcott, a former Yankee, is he's a uh, pilot now, was on recently, and we got Phil Hughes coming on in the near future, and we got a lot of fun guests lined up both uh, hard committed and then soft committed. So people should check us out. I think they'll really like it.
1: Well, definitely. We'll check that out. I, w- I want to listen to the Jim Morris interview for sure. Yeah. Definitely do. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, thanks so much for, for coming on. I'm guessing you'll we'll be talking again when you come out to Anaheim.
0: That sounds great. Look forward to it. Anytime, man.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Have a great one.
0: Yeah, you too. All
1: right, John. Brandon has okay. the Twins taking 2 out of 3 in this series. Is that your call as well? 2 out of th- the the Twins? He has the Twins taking 2 out of 3.
2: Uh yeah, I I would I'm hoping it's 2 out of 3. I that's best the La- La- Baltimore, I predicted the sweep. They uh, two uh 2 out of 3. We get one in in, in against them, I'll I'll take that.
1: Uh, the pitching matchup scare me a little bit. Scaggs uh, against their ace or Ace is six and one, at two five three I'm ERA. Yeah. Pena looks to be the opener. Uh, sorry, the the main guy that they'll have an opener. He's going against Kyle Gibson, is three and one, the four one nine ERA. Now Trevor Cahill at two and three, going against Jake Odorizzi. Now with Cahill giving up thirteen dingers this year, and Minnesota's just beating the crap out of the baseball, that matchup that matchup scares me quite a bit. So. The hitting has to, t- to show up. I think this could be a really nasty series. That said, Angels are nineteen twenty-one. They last I checked, they were in second place in the division. Houston looks like to be like, excuse me looks like they're running away. That's okay. We get it. We know they're good. We saw it firsthand. But the Angels are still in contention. And they can just maybe steal a game here and there against these guys, and then beat up on the Baltimore's of the world. So here's hoping. Any thoughts? Which is just- which is what Minnesota is doing. Well, Minnesota well, Minnesota's doing more than that though. They they've they've beaten up on Cleveland. They've taken the series from the Yankees. They've they've been doing all the things they need to do. And that's what I actually like about the scene. You know, we're we're Angels fans. We love the Angels. But it's also good baseball. The other teams that are playing that we can respect, and Minnesota's playing good baseball.
2: Yeah, I, as I, I I think I mentioned, I think I mentioned that six and zero against Baltimore, and then seven six, seven and six against the Astros, Yankees, and Indians. I mean, they're they're taking care of business on both ends, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what we aspire to be.
1: All right, so folks, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos, and you can also find our our page on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo and John Crane at Jake's Crane John. Don't forget us on Spreaker. We're also on iTunes. We're on Spotify. That's right. We're Spotify, on yes. Spotify, man. It's cool. I know. Here. I told my kids. We're on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're in several other places as well. Keep checking out for us. I am going to keep getting us on more and more outlets. It, you know, the time is coming here where hopefully we will one day, with your help, and if you enjoy our show, be the Top Angels podcast out there. That's our goal. If not, we'll at least try and compete to be that. So – for John, this is Derek Apala saying take it easy and we'll see the Angels take on the Twins tomorrow. We're out. <laughs>